You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome inside to a Victory Monday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I am one of your hosts, Richie Bradshaw. And unfortunately today, Connor Drios is not here. He is taking a vacation with his lovely wife and his beautiful daughter. Well deserved. Hope you guys are having a great time if you decide to listen to this podcast and see if I give you a shout out. I am giving you a shout out, but... Just know that I am going to test and see if you're listening. So, Mr. Drios, if you're listening, go ahead and text me 70 to 7. I'll know what it means. And that way I know you're tuning in. But for the rest of you guys, it's a Victory Monday edition of the podcast, which means, as always, we are going to dive into the Arizona State victory over the Stanford Cardinal. We're going to look at the good, which is a lot. We're going to look at the bad, which is a little. And then we're going to close it out with a few game balls. Normally, me and Connor would split it to a piece. I am going to give out all four this week. Two on the offense, two on the defense. So, with that being stated, let's just dive right in. So, Arizona State successfully took down the Stanford Cardinal on Sat- or, excuse me, on Friday in Tempe to the tune of a 28-10 dominant victory where the Sun Devils were in control of the game for the entire 60-minute portion. As per usual, the defense came in, limited Stanford to just 10 points, and picked off Tanner McKee, who had not thrown an interception going into this game, a whopping three times. They shut out the Cardinal in the second half. They even got themselves their first defensive touchdown of the year. Very, very impressive. And it was a heck of a play, too. Something that we're going to touch on here in a minute. But overall, the team came out and dominated on both sides of the ball. The special teams executed as well. You couldn't ask for a better overall win for the Sun Devils than what they gave you on Friday night. Let's kind of break it down, though, individually into the most impressive aspects. Let's start on offense. Jaden Daniels played a clean game. 14 of 23 for 175 yards. He didn't throw a touchdown, but he also didn't turn the ball over. He did find his way into the end zone via the ground game. 13 carries, 56 yards, a healthy 5.8 average. Jaden was a stud something that we've come to expect from him at this point. And he continues to be an absolute terror with his legs, breaking the pocket on more than one occasion, which included that huge 51-yard touchdown scamper towards the very beginning of the game. Overall, Jaden was, as as per usual, impressive, like we already said. No, no need to make it more than what it is. After Jaden, the rest of the ground game also looked very... Very impressive. Rashad White, 13 carries for 96 yards and a touchdown. Chip Trianum only had nine carries, but he turned out 50 yards, 5.6 a carry. And Daniel Nagata got involved too this week. He had five carries for 21 yards. So overall, the run game toppled 265 yards. I forgot to mention that wide receiver Elijah Berry had a 22-yard end around touchdown just to add on top of it all. Looks really good for my predictions, which I'll touch on here in just a moment. In the passing game, as I mentioned, Jaden had 175 yards. The leader on the day was tight end Curtis Hodges, four catches for 76 yards. He was a deep threat for the team. He was able to get consistently open in the middle of the field and make big chunk plays happen. He was very explosive, and this is something that we've been 
looking forward to seeing more of from Curtis Hodges throughout the season because he has flashed that potential to be a game-changing tight end, and he finally did it. We had an Andre Johnson sighting, one catch for 20 yards. Unfortunately, I feel like this is just going to be the story of Andre Johnson's 2021 season is flashing, but never really putting together a consistent game. Ricky Pearsall was very quiet in this game, only two catches for 17 yards. Overall, that's okay because the rest of the team showed up, but we were definitely hoping to see him put on an encore performance after a incredibly impressive game against the UCLA Bruins. But that's okay because regardless, the passing game got done what they needed to get done and the run game was absolutely dominant as we've come to expect at this point in the season. Moving on to the defense, oh man, you can say all sorts of great things about him. Let's start with Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson got two sacks, three and a half tackles for loss, and overall was just a complete problem and absolutely unstoppable in the backfield. The Cardinal had no answer for him the whole night. He just, he was living in the backfield and he was making life a literal hell. Get it? Because they're Sun Devils. Ha 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 ha. He was making life a literal hell on the Stanford Cardinal and Tanner McKee, who was running for his life. Tyler Johnson showed out, and it was really nice to see, because this is what we've been expecting out of Tyler Johnson. This is what we've been hoping to see from Tyler Johnson. So it was nice to see him put all the pieces together and put together his best performance. He earned Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week honors, to the surprise of no one. The rest of the defense showed up too. Overall, the team had five sacks. They also picked off McKee, remember I mentioned, three different times, including the big one was a Jack Jones interception. Now, it was a great play. Jack Jones knew exactly what the play call was. He knew it was going to be a slant. He jumped the route. He gets in front of the receiver. He picks off the ball. The receiver, admittedly, had a really good play and was going to tackle Jones down Right at the spot. Wasn't going to give up any more yards. Jack Jones was dead to rights for an interception for a zero-yard game. Big deal. But Jack Jones, with the heads-up play of the season for the Sun Devils, decides to pitch the ball back to DeAndre Pierce. Pierce, with a great heads-up play as well, knows that he has the opportunity to take this ball to the house. And what does he do? He does. He makes a house call. And it, it was just spectacular. It, it was, <laughs> I, I can't put it better than that. He ends up taking that ball 26 yards to the house. And yeah, I, I can't put it into better words than that. So it was flashy. It was definitely like a sports center top 10 moment and easily the most memorable play of that game. It's exactly what you're looking for from your defense is to make those splash plays like that. This is what we expect out of a defense that is so loaded and so talented, and they exceeded our expectations once again. Overall, the Sun Devils played a very complete game. While Zendejas did miss a, excuse me, he did miss a field goal. He was successful on all four of his PAT attempts. Eddie Zaplicki had another okay day punting it wasn't anything spectacular he didn't have to only punt three times though so can't really expect your punter to be one of the stars of the show when he's not getting those opportunities and trust me we're not complaining not over here at least in the meantime I want to talk about Tanner McKee for a second 
what what the Sun Devils were able to do to McKee was nothing short of remarkable. Tanner McKee came into the game. He he was leading the Pac-12 with a 11 touchdown to zero interception ratio. He was picking guys apart, and he was just surgical on opposing defenses. Arizona State decides to pick him off not once, not twice, but three different times. And they had his number, too. McKee went 27-45 on the day, so just about 60% completion, nothing overly impressive. He did toss 356 yards. He, they, uh, <laughs> to be blunt, they tore up the Sun Devils defense through the air. That's something we'll touch on during the bad. Again, there's not going to be too much, but there's your spoiler alert. But McKee did have an impressive day in the box score, but overall he was not impressive as a whole. He was struggling. The pressure was getting in his face. He was making bad decisions, and he was missing throws that in any other week of the year he normally is consistently making. So that was huge for the Sun Devils to be able to lock down anything and everything that the Stamper Cardinal wanted to do through the air. Yes, the passing numbers in in terms of yardage look great, but they got held to one touchdown through the air, 10 points entirely, and shut out in the second half. So that wraps up all of the positives from this game. Like I said, there was a lot of them. A lot of guys stood out to me. And overall, it, it might have been the most impressive win that the Sun Devils have had this year. And that's so funny to say because I feel like we said that the previous week about UCLA. It just it feels like this team has a mission every single week to prove everyone wrong. They go into each game with a 0-0 record. And this is their first win of the season, and they treat it like it's the most important game. This is exactly the attitude that you want from your defense to make sure, or not just defense, but the whole team, to make sure that you're never missing a step, you're not sleeping on your opponents, and you you value every game equally. You're not looking at a ranked team and treating them more important than you are a team with a losing record. This Sun Devils team seems to be competing at a high level every single week. And that's absolutely amazing. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and cut our first segment. When we return, we are going to talk about the bad of the game. Like I mentioned, there's not too much to go over. So that is a real nice positive for the team. But there is a little bit to touch on. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this and I know you're going to love it too. PricePix is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. PricePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power 5 as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. PricePix offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even to interceptions thrown. And here's the deal. I have a special promo code for you. It's locked on. When you use that promo code, it will match up a 100% deposit up to $100. So you're making double what you put in just by using the promo code locked on. You can't beat that. Here's how it works. Pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries too. So you can take the over on LeBron James, combine it with the under of Patrick Mahomes, and the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy price picks is safe and offers fast withdrawal so don't hesitate check out pricepicks.com remember to use that promo code locked on or go to the app store and download the app today 
Price Picks' Daily Fantasy made easy. And we return to the second segment of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thanks for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen. Remember that we are free and available on all platforms. We talked about the good in the first segment. It's time to talk about the bad. And the good news is there's not a lot of bad to talk about. So unfortunately, this is going to be a short segment. So if you like real long segments, you're going to be upset with me because we're going to fly through this. And then we're going to get to four game balls. So I'll make up for a short segment with a nice long segment praising so many different Sun Devils for their performances. First things first. The Sun Devils are still struggling to cover the tight end. And it's starting to get really frustrating. And it's making me nervous moving forward as we continue playing our Pac-12 schedule and finding more and more tight ends that can continue to tear us up. Now that teams know it's a weakness, they can absolutely go at us and just recognize that it's something that we don't have a solution for. Against the Bruins, it was Greg Dolchik. He caught nine of his 10 targets for a buck 36. It was embarrassing. This week against Stanford, it was Benjamin Urasek. Six catches for 118 yards. He was their big chain mover, the tight end. He was eating us up, and it, it was so, so frustrating. Because we knew that they were going to throw all over us because that was their plan. We absolutely shut down their run game as we expected to. But we knew that they were going to have passing yards. We were hoping that it would be in the fourth quarter when this game was fairly certain to be out of hand. But unfortunately, throughout the game, they were throwing at will. And the tight end continues to be the Achilles heel of this defense. I don't know what it is. We have good coverage linebackers. Darian Butler and Merlin Robinson are studs. So why are we struggling against the tight end so much? It's beyond me. Obviously, we got thrown all over. That's something that needs to get tightened up. You, a lot of times, you can't expect your team to win a game when you allow 356 passing yards through the air. Elijah Higgins, one of their receivers, caught seven passes for 110 yards and a touchdown. He looked really, really good. So that's something that needs to get fixed. Overall, the protection for the Sun Devils was solid. They only gave up two sacks, but... You definitely want to make sure that you continue to tighten up and make your make your offensive line as flawless as possible. But honestly, that feels like it'd be kind of nitpicking. To continue nitpicking because there, there, there truly was not a lot of bad in this game. But if there's things that they need to improve on, it's continuing to find a way to incorporate the passing game into this offense. 175 yards is fine when you rush for 265 yards, but I do want to see that number get past 200 on a consistent basis. I want to see more consistency from the receivers. You can't have guys like Ricky Pearsall having down weeks like this because if you get into situations where you need to pass it and you need guys like Ricky Pearsall to step up, you need to know that they're going to be able to do that. Ricky Pearsall wasn't that guy this week. It was really upsetting, but again, he didn't have to be. So that's the thing. That's where I'm saying I'm nitpicking is you didn't need the passing offense to light up the scoreboard. You you had it taken care of. But I want to see more consistency from the passing game on a week-to-week basis. If they can just hover right around 200 every single week, I'd be super happy with it. I also want to see more consistency from the receivers as a whole. This was the first time we've seen Andre Johnson in two weeks, and it was just what we normally have. It was one catch for 20 yards, nothing else. I want 
guys like Andre Johnson to be incorporated because they are big play guys who can make things happen. But they just don't get involved consistently. And I, I don't know if it's a play calling thing. I don't know if it's a receiver thing, but they need to figure out a way to round out this offense just to be more consistent. But again, for like the hundredth time, it's just nitpicking. This was an overall complete performance by the Sun Devils. There is very, very little to complain about. And overall, we should be very happy with the performance that the Sun Devils put down for us on Friday night. With that being said, we're going to close out our second segment. When we return, we're going to hand out some game balls. I have four to hand out this week because I have inherited Connor's two game balls. Two will be going to offensive players. Two will be going to defensive players. When we return, you're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. This episode of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Look, finding a good tasting protein bar can be really difficult. A lot of them just don't have a good taste to it. And while they're supposed to be healthy for you, they still just aren't the best things on the market. Built Bar, on the other hand, is exactly what you're looking for. They have tons of delicious flavors. I'm going to list just a few of them for you rapid fire. Ready, set, go. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and there's plenty more. There's a little bit of something for everyone. I'll tell you right now that peanut butter brownie might be my favorite at the moment. It's just delicious. It almost gives me the feeling of like a peanut butter cup. But here's the best part. Not only are they best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein. They're only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. So seriously, these are terrific they're good tasting. They're exactly what you're looking for. So order today. Get that raspberry, that mint brownie, whatever you're craving. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Remember to use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast and this is the final segment of a Victory Monday edition of the pod. It is time to hand out some game balls. Typically, me and Connor would hand out two each, one for the offense, one for the defense. But with Connor being out, I am inheriting his game balls, and I am handing out four game balls, two to the offense, two to the defense. With that being said, let's just go ahead and dive right into it. We'll go, we'll go ahead and start on the offensive side of the ball. The first one goes to, shocker, Jaden Daniels. Daniels went 14 of 23 for 175 passing yards, rushed 13 times for 76 yards, and a 51-yard touchdown. Jaden, as per usual, was the life force of the offense. It's nothing that we haven't come to expect at this point in the season, and he continues to show all the Sun Devils fans and everyone watching the game that the Sun Devils can win because of Jaden Daniels. Not just with Jaden Daniels, but he can win them games by himself. Very, very impressive. Very, very happy with what we've seen from him so far. Sticking on the offense... We'll go ahead and look at Rashad White next. White carried the ball 13 times for 96 yards, 7.4 a pop, and a touchdown. For what it's worth, he also had one catch for one yard, but, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Overall, that gives him 14 total touches for 97 yards and that touchdown. Just a quick little tangent about Rashad White. This dude has been so spectacular, and I wish that the national media would start to recognize him for it. On the year, he's got... 421 rushing yards, 226 receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns. He's done that on just 101 touches. So that's 647 scrimmage yards for him on 101 touches. So every time he touches the ball, 
he's getting six and a half yards a touch. And that that is far and away the most scrimmage yards on the team right now. The next guy after him is Jaden Daniels, which we won't count because that's just rushing yards. So then Ricky Pearsall is next with 296. So Rashad White has over 400 more scrimmage yards than Ricky Pearsall does. He also has seven more touchdowns. And I understand he's getting the ball in more ways than Ricky Pearsall is, but that's still just mind-boggling to me, just how dominant he's been. He probably won't get into the Heisman conversation because he'd need closer to 1,500, even more than that. Probably like 1,800 to 2,000 scrimmage yards north of 20 touchdowns. I don't think he's going to get there. I think he is definitely on pace to have probably the best running back season in the Pac-12, especially with the news that C.J. Verdell from Oregon is out for the season. Now that Verdell's out of the picture, unfortunately, like obviously we don't want to see injuries. That's not the point here. But with him out of the picture... This really leaves the door wide open for Rashad White to, for lack of a better term and pun intended, run his way into a first-team Pac-12 selection as the conference's best running back. He has done anything and everything for this team, and it's spectacular. And he does it on a weekly basis. He doesn't have bad games. He hasn't had a game without a touchdown this year. Six games, ten touchdowns, he scored every single game. Obviously, some games multiple times. This game was no different. He had 97 total yards and that touchdown. It was terrific. Absolutely spectacular to watch. Rashad White, it might be... mm, Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I think Rashad White is the most exciting player on the Sun Devils, even more than Jaden Daniels. And uh, that's bold. I I don't know if I truly believe it, but you know what? I, I'm going to stick with it because White White does the dirty work on the ground and he catches the ball through the air. Yeah, I'm sticking with it. You know what? I'm sticking with it. Rashad White is the most exciting player on the Arizona State Sun Devils. You heard it here first on the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. So go ahead and sound off in the comments, I guess. Let's go ahead to the defensive side of the ball. The first one obviously has to go to Tyler Johnson. Johnson was living in the backfield of the Stanford Cardinal offensive line. He was terrorizing Tiernan McKee for a full 60 minutes to the tune of two sacks. Remember, he also had those three and a half tackles for loss. He was all over the place. The Cardinal had absolutely no answer for him. It was embarrassing for the Cardinal to look at Tyler Johnson and and just see where number 41 was going to line up and be like, you know what? We can't stop him. We have no answer to him. Tyler Johnson said, find a solution, and Stanford said, look, we're nerds, we're smart, but we ain't got no solution, and they got exposed, and Tyler Johnson was a monster. It's the Tyler Johnson that we've been waiting for this year. It's the Tyler Johnson that we have been hyping up to be this outstanding pass-rushing presence that was going to lead the Sun Devils defense. That's the guy we got on Friday night. So Tyler Johnson gets our third game ball, the first game ball for the defense, Second and final game ball, I cannot decide. I am going to give it to Jack Jones because Jack Jones had four tackles on the day. He had the interception that he pitched back to DeAndre Pierce. 
Pierce is the other one I was considering, if for no other reason than he scored the touchdown. But Pierce also had four tackles, and he had a sack too. So both of them had four tackles. Pierce had a sack and a touchdown. Jack Jones had the remarkable interception. So toss-up between the two. I am going to go ahead and give it to Jones, however, because without Jones, DeAndre Pierce is not getting into the end zone. So overall, great defensive performance, great offensive performance, great performance entirely by the Sun Devils, well-coached this week. Like I said, I just am happy that they're taking every game seriously like it's the conference championship. They're not sleeping on opponents this year. They're beating teams like they're supposed to, with the exception of BYU, who unfortunately had a really embarrassing loss to... Boise State over the weekend. The reason why that's not good is because if Boise State continues to be a middle-of-the-pack team and BYU falls off, that loss is going to look really bad for the Sun Devils. But eh, focusing on the Sun Devils' perspective, outside of one loss to BYU, you have won five games. You're 3-0 in your conference, which is absolutely huge. You should be the heavyweight favorite in the Pac-12 South. And you might even be the favorite to win the conference as a whole. So here's hoping that this continues to be a great trend for the Sun Devils moving forward. And overall, just dominant performance. So very happy with what I got to see. With that being said, it's a shorter episode, but we're going to close it out. Thank you once again for listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. I forgot to lead off with this, but remember to follow us on Twitter. Myself, at RichieBrads36. Connor, even though he's not here, is at Cedrios. And then, of course, the Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page is at LO underscore Sun Devils. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. If that's Spotify, if that's Odyssey, if that's Google Podcasts, if that's Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcast, we're there. So make sure that you hit that subscribe button. We put out content Monday through Friday. And humble brag and a little bit biased, admittedly, we put out the best Sun Devils content that there is. Lots of football talk right now. Basketball season is actually around the corner, and we're going to be kicking up basketball conversation as well. So if you know any Sun Devils basketball fans that are looking for a podcast, you should just hit us up because, I mean, we're here. That's going to be all for the Locked on Sun Devils podcast today. Great Victory Monday episode. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. If you're still looking for more great content surrounding the Sun Devils and the rest of the Pac-12, go to Locked On Pac-12 right now. Get all your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with Pac-12 expert Cindy Robinson.